Thank you for listening to the Reconnect Marriage Podcast. I'm Dr. Steve Call. And I'm Lisa Call. And we are dedicated to having conversations that cultivate connection in our marriage. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for joining us uh, in the podcast today. Uh, Lisa and I are having a conversation with each other uh, and with you around uh, a particular topic that we spent some time on this past weekend, actually. We hosted our third, I think it is our third, our third uh, marriage story intensive, uh, which is a three-day intensive for eight couples that come in and spend three days with us uh, and also with Dr. Dan and Becky Allender. And we do some group teaching and some small group time as well. And uh, one of the one of the sessions, the larger group sessions of teaching that Lisa and I spent time on with these couples was we were talking about the idea of containment. And we've titled this podcast, The Need for Containment. And uh, one of the, the, the pieces around containment that's helpful is to realize that containment is a, is a relational uh, way of engaging with one another, particularly in times of distress or need. Uh, it's a fundamental way that we uh, crave and long for when we enter into this world, uh, when we are first born, is that we we literally need containment. We we crave the other, which is our, hopefully our attachment figure or a safe adult or somebody in our life uh, that contains, that holds, that embraces, that moves toward. So there's different imagery that we'll use throughout this conversation around what do we actually look like, or what does it actually look like, or what does it actually mean, but... Think of containment just for a moment as uh, if you could see the visual in this moment, you would see our, our hands being held uh, as if there is a, a, with arms, with a sense of containment, uh, a sense of I'm, I'm able and willing, uh, although I don't know how at times, but to somehow hold our space well, to hold our engagement well, to hold our interaction well. Uh, it's, it's actually one of the fundamental uh, reasons that therapy works and is helpful for people is because uh, think of therapy as a sense of containment that that there's a, a way that the therapist works to contain the emotion, the need, the the story, the expression uh, that it is boundaried and contained. And I think that's a helpful uh, part of our conversation. Is let's talk about what that actually means in the context of marriage. And if people could see you right now, they would see that your arms are out, kind of in a you know, like you're holding a big beach ball, like you're. Your right. arms are around, kind of, mm-hmm. kind of containing um, what it is that we need containment for. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to echo that we did have a really good weekend, um, intensive weekend, and it's a highlight for us. Sure um, couples came and just really did, did hard, hard work, work mm-hmm. but we ate good food and laughed and had a great time. But it was, um, they really did some hard work and made some good movement. And um, so it was it was a, a real privilege. Mm-hmm. So we invite you, if you're um, thinking about it, we would love to have you join us at yeah. one of our weekends. Yeah, check it out on our website. We have one space available, I think, in the fall, and then a couple uh, in March of 2024. So you can see it on the reconnectinstitute.com, our website. So let, let's let's further our dialogue conversation around containment. Uh, sometimes when we talk about containment, uh, part of what can get remembered and are triggered in our our conversation even for us, but also for those of you listening, is to think about your own experience, your own story around containment, or the lack of. And and it's not as if uh, 
we might just choose one or the other, but we're going to say, what, what was the, and come back to this prompt, come back to this invite, is what was your relational experience with containment and part of your own story? Meaning, uh, when you had need, when you were uh, upset, when you were frustrated, uh, when you had what we might call for children big feelings. I don't know how helpful that is, but when we have big feelings, uh, how did the adult tend to respond to you? What was the message around the need for comfort? the need for soothing, uh, the need for understanding, the need for validation. Mm -hmm. Four key, very key, primary relational needs that we have, especially early in, in life when we might not have words. Uh, we might just express our need just through a feeling. Uh, and so I think sometimes we, we might remember in our body that, that part of what wasn't true in our story was there was a lack of containment. I know for me that I had to learn at a very early age that uh, I had to be self-sufficient, uh, not really uh, able to rely on my own parents for the needs that I have, particularly emotional needs. Yes, physical needs were met. We had food on the table. Uh, we had a place to live. and But the emotional need around comfort and soothing and understanding and validation uh, wasn't fairly, was, I would just say, was consistently not present. And for many of us, that's true. We we were aware, I think, in our story that that big feelings, big needs, if you will, were uh, off limits. They just we we weren't allowed to be contained in them. And so, part of part of what happens in marriage again is that our past story intersects in our present story in marriage. And sometimes we're not sure how to respond to the other when they have a feeling that doesn't match what we consider not matching the situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think before we can even begin to address how it plays out in our marriage or, you know, whether I'm able to contain for you, you're able to contain for me, or mm -hmm. what does that even mean, to take a look at, you know, how it was either present or not present in our childhood family and, and family of origin. And and even this weekend when um, Becky Allender was sharing some of her childhood stories, I got this real sense of remembering hmm. my lack of containment. And yeah. it was really more around emotions. Mm -hmm. um, we just didn't have a lot of emotions in our family or portray them or see them as something to be accessible. And so when I, when I had emotions, when I had sadness, when I had hurt, when I had fear, anger, um, I realized the lack of something helping me regulate them, something helping me make sense of them, helping me to explore them was really lacking, which is kind of what we're talking about in mm -hmm. containment. And I, it just almost felt like a puddle. Like I just right. was like a puddle with all my emotions. And then I had to just tuck them away mm -hmm. and either ignore them or deny them um, as a way of life and as a way of survival in, in my family of origin. And there was good reason for that with my parents, but that's something that I brought into our marriage. And so when we can already recognize, yeah, we didn't really have a lot of access to this. We didn't have a lot of um, a parent helping regulate the normal feelings that we have as humans. Um, we bring that into our marriage and then it's really difficult to tolerate and um, move toward and um, attune to each other's feelings um, or you know, whatever it is that we felt we didn't have mm -hmm. containment for. So I was very aware of my absence of that. And so I think when... The absence of containment? The absence of containment, the, ex yeah. the absence of being able to regulate my feelings. And so then 
when you've had big feelings in our marriage and we've talked about <laughs> stories, I find it very difficult to yeah. help contain those or help regulate yeah. or help, you know, I just want to react. I just feel triggered. I feel hurt. I feel angry, you know, because of your, not to mention mine, but your big emotions. And so, um, yeah, I think recently I've, I started thinking about containment as sort of a posture in marriage that if we're aware that it's actually something we can be and do for the other, mm-hmm. it's sort of a non-reactive um, posture that we can hold when we recognize maybe the other story is getting triggered, or we can we can see where the the fear, the anger, the hurt, the f- sadness, frustration is coming from, and mm-hmm. we can sort of go into this. Oh, I'm going to be containing this right now. I'm going to be just being present and. So I just think even the awareness of knowing what it is and how we can use it in our marriage with each other is is really powerful. Yeah, I really think of like what you're just saying is so helpful that containment is actually a form of regulation. Uh, when we are right. when we experience the other being able to contain or l- literally hold, it helps regulate what it is that we're actually feeling. Uh, for many of us, again, our story was the lack of regulation, the lack of containment, that we had a big feeling, we had a big experience, and we needed the other to help soothe and contain and not just make sense of it, but when we are contained, when there's a sense of feeling and being contained, that is actually what helps regulate the emotion that we feel. For many of us, again, there's that sense of feeling and being dysregulated, that the dysregulation, meaning our our emotions are, we just feel out of control. There's no one there to help us make sense of it or, or validate it or soothe or contain. And part of what happens in that is then we begin to develop these, our own interpretations, meanings, assumptions about our, about our need, about our emotion, about our big feelings. And so part of what happens in marriage is, uh, of course, we carry into marriage, uh, whether that's the first year or 50 years later, there's still a, a way of engagement that sometimes we're not sure how to move toward the other and contain uh, and help regulate because that wasn't part of our own experience. And so we're asked to speak a language that we haven't spoken before. Uh, we're asked to and invited to move with a posture. I really like that imagery of a, it's a posture. Uh, it's a way of engagement. Now, I, here's where I think many of us can relate to. Well, what happens when the other, their emotions and their feelings just don't make sense? Like it, it doesn't match the situation. Uh, why are you feeling like that? Why are you acting this way? And I hope you can hear that in that that posture, there's one of accusation, there's one of judgment. And none of us, I would say, could I say 100%? I would say 99.9% of the time, rarely do we ever respond well when it somehow is spoken with why. Just like it is for a child. When a child is somehow asked or required or demanded to explain a behavior or a feeling, they can't make sense of it. Why are you crying? Why are you upset? Why are you bothered? Uh, do you hear the tone of judgment? And and I think part of, for many of us, that is a familiar experience, is that something was wrong with us when we had a big feeling that we couldn't contain on our own. And that is actually the design of humanity, is, is from the day one that we were born to the day we go to the grave, is that we need the other. We need the other to help regulate. We cannot regulate all of what we feel on our own. And maybe some of you are listening saying, it's not true for me, man. I got this. I, I, I can handle it. I, I don't need the other. And I, I think that's actually part of what we said, I do too. If and when you said I do, maybe you're thinking about saying I do in some kind of relationship, partnership, marriage, that that's actually part of what we're saying I do too, is I will, I choose to be 
not able to be all of this for you, but I choose to be the container, quote unquote. And I choose to contain some of what it is that you experience that might not make sense to you. Mm-hmm. And I think especially when we don't maybe understand um, and there's just that temptation to mm-hmm. either explain it away, like logically, how can you be feeling like this? What, what you know, we were on a trip and we we overheard while we were hiking mm. a couple having an, an argument and um, they didn't really see us as we were coming oh, upon yeah. them. And then mm-hmm. we passed by them and... Um, it was early in the morning. Yeah. What was the line? It was... Uh, I don't see. I don't, I don't understand, understand why you're having that feeling, or something like that. I don't understand why this makes you so upset. Yeah, like why are you feeling this yeah. way? And and we spend so much time being so frustrated yeah. with with the others, mm-hmm. maybe feelings or experiences of something when we when it's not ours or when we don't understand it. And I mean, we go round and round about this. I think um, just as far as me feeling like I want people around and Steve feeling like he needs some space and we, we go round and round about that and sometimes we don't understand I mean it's as simple as more people versus less people <laughs> I mean put it that way and we we joke about it as people leave after the intensive like yeah, you know you can us. stay longer Lisa would love you to stay and <laughs> I think Lisa would love you to live here <laughs> and Steve's us. like all right it's time for everyone to leave well, but yeah. sometimes you know when we're caught I think it's it's very difficult for mm-hmm. us to understand I can't believe you're feeling like that. Why, how could you be feeling like that? And so then it's really difficult to contain. But um, especially even this last weekend, I think Steve was able to, we were able to have some conversations about just sometimes when something's over and people are leaving, I get this kind of let down and I can go to a lonely place. And yeah. I think being able to have a little containment, maybe even preemptively where, let's talk about this. How's it going to be for you? And um, so we're able to have that conversation and and. And just having someone be present, you know, the other is present to what you may or may not be experiencing or you're going to experience soon, or you just did experience. There's, you're not going to take it away. You're not going to fix it. You're not going to solve it, but there's something about having someone being in it with you. And I think I've, I felt that I felt like you get it. You weren't, you know, teasing me about it. You, you might, you know, playfully said some things about it, but then you, you do get it in that you understand that it happens to me. You might not understand the feeling of it, but you get that that's something that is hard for me. And so just having that presence and maybe that conversation and just a moment to let's just be present to this for a minute or a few minutes or whatever it is, it's really helpful because I don't feel as alone in it. I know it's coming and I have kind of a sense that we're in this together. Yeah, I think that the, the counterintuitive piece for many of us is it's hard to move toward the other uh, with a sense of containment when we don't get it, when we don't understand, when it doesn't make sense. And I think for so many couples, I was working with a few, a few more couples last week uh, prior to the intensive, and we, we were trying to work through this a bit more around what's the caution to contain? What is the ambivalence? What's the hesitancy? Uh, and part of it is because it doesn't make sense to me. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know that that's actually what's needed. And I, here's the imagery that I think is so helpful for all of us because we can relate to it to some degree. Even though we might not have ever even have children, we were all a child. And we can relate to the imagery of a, a child in the midst of maybe feeling really upset and bothered, even what some might call a temper tantrum. It's not, a, it's not an actual, it's, to me, 
in the clinical world, it's actually not a helpful phrase, um, but it, because it's a child in distress trying to make their need and or their hurt and or their disappointment made known. That's what it is. Uh, something of distress in their body. And so what do they need? They actually need containment. Uh, they need the, the adult that is attuned, yes, that is able to move toward and say something like, of course you're really upset that you can't have the cookie in aisle three of the grocery store. I get it. And I'm sorry that you're not able to. Like, just not, Does that take the temper tantrum away? No, not necessarily. But it helps meet the need at a core of validation and being understood, which is what containment is. Again, if you could see imagery, it's a movement toward with, with arms, with, with an openness. It's an open posture. Where we struggle in our marriage is when we have a closed posture to the other's need. When we somehow dismiss, ignore, minimize, what is wrong with you? That's what a closed posture communicates, which I think for you and your story, that's what was so confusing. There's a turning away. Closed posture is a turning away. Yeah, like you're fine. You're fine. What's, what's the problem? Like you, you just need to have put on a happy face. Like what? Yeah. And yeah, and I think it's tempting to maybe judge. There's yeah. judgment. Yep. Um, or even I think one of the very hardest ones is like an ambivalence mm. where there's just kind of a, it doesn't land. Right. The other just kind of ignores it. It's like, oh boy, here we go again. Maybe mm. there's rolling of eyes and they kind of walk away and almost like, here we go again. And, and I, I don't know about you, but if that, if, if you have a response to me in my whatever fear, sadness, hurt, um, not only is shame going to come up, but it's going to, the whole feeling is going to get bigger. It's not going to go away. It's mm. actually going to get larger. It's going to be, be become more apparent. I'm going to probably be even more needy, you know. So again, it's not that the other meets the need or explains it or takes care of it, but to acknowledge it, just to validate it, really helps the other to. Again, I I love the word regulate because it's like, yeah, this is a really hard thing. And when someone says, "Of course, this is a hard thing," you go, "Oh, okay." It doesn't take the hardness away, but it does remind you that, yeah, you might be feeling it in your mm. body. You might be feeling it in your week. You might be kind of a little bit stressed right now. And of course you are. And that's hard. And I'm with you in that. And I get mm. it. One of the the offerings that one of the couples asked about in, in some of our time together is they were talking about sometimes we can have really good conversations and interactions when there's a, another person present, what we might call a third party. And, and I think for many of us, that is part of the difficulty is when we're alone, when it's just the two of us, sometimes it's it's hard to have containment. It's hard to express empathy. It's hard to move toward the other when we don't get it, when we're frustrated, when we're irritated, when we're bothered, even when we're hurt. I mean, you and I had a conversation yesterday. <laughs> uh, we were sitting in our, our what's that place called? Uh, sunroom. We're in our sunroom, and we're sitting there having a cup of coffee and trying to enjoy the morning, which we usually do, and... I can't even remember what you brought up. And this is how it goes for many of us. It's not so much about the, what we're talking about. It's actually how we talk about it. That's the key. That's why it's 24 hours later, and I don't remember what we talked about. I just know, I just remember how we talked about it. And for most couples, even when we do some work therapeutically, it, the, the, the conflict isn't about what you think it is. The conflict is actually, we don't know how to engage this well. It's how we process. It's how we talk about it. Do you remember? Um, I'm just remembering now, and I'm pretty sure... It has to do with sex. <laughs> Which, Remember now? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I mean, that that is 90% of our difficult conversations are usually connected to that category. 
some form of sexual intimacy or lack of or disappointment, frustration, hurt around it that that we can't we can't quite navigate well. And if, if we had a hundred couples in the room, we all might raise our hand that we have one or two areas where it's it's really difficult to talk about. It's not the, it is the topic, but it isn't. It's how we talk about it. It's how we engage. Do we have an open posture to one another when tension rises? Do we stay present? Uh, that's why I loved what that couple brought up is sometimes containment is is the need for somebody to be with us. That's what containment is. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's imagery. Sometimes it's guardrails. Sometimes it's uh, boundary. Like what what is your imagery as a couple that helps you create containment? Mm-hmm. And safety, you know, I think. Which is what which is what containment provides. Right. It's hard to have an open posture if we're not feeling safe. Yeah. And we're feeling like we're going to be attacked or, or not understood. And so whatever it takes to begin to cultivate the safety, um, whether it is, maybe you do need a third party at this point to get. Through a particular conversation. Right. Which is, was true for or us just years kind of ago. Or just to a rhythm right. in this area or in how you have conversations that mm-hmm. are safe and that are kind. Um, even about explosive, shame-provoking topics, you know, that that's hard to regulate our own bodies. Mm-hmm. Part of part of it, what was difficult and has been difficult for us in moments like yesterday, is that when we are unable to uh, regulate our own emotional response to the other, containment goes out the window. It's as if it doesn't exist. That that it's hard to be able to stay present to our own experience and also be able to to create some sense of containment, which cultivates safety. So we're actually asking something of our body that is counterintuitive. Uh, what you're 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 inviting me us to consider an open posture toward my partner or spouse when I'm upset, when I'm what we might call dysregulated, even in my own body. Yeah, yeah. Because if we simply perpetuate the cycle of distance, withdraw, judgment, it it sends the message both to ourself and the other that you're, you're too much. You're not worth being moved toward. Mm-hmm. So it's asking us to hold both. I, of course, I was upset yesterday. I was bothered. I was and, irritated. And, and our temptation is also to be, I'm not enough, or I can't do this right now, or I don't want to do this right now. I mean, yeah. I think that's part of the contempt that gets in there too. Like, why would I want to do that for you right now? You're you're taking me off, you know? And so I think practicing it when maybe we're, our emotions aren't quite as heightened, because it is very difficult to do when our emotions are heightened, but maybe taking turns, like I'm feeling... Like I can practice that with you right now because I'm not as emotionally, um, you know, triggered and practicing when, when we're not as heated so that when we do get to that point, there's a little bit of, you know, safety that's been um, cultivated and there's a little bit of practice where we've gone, okay, I've, I've, I've done this a little bit or we're going to work toward it. Yeah, one of, as we come to an end here, I think what, what is helpful to stay connected to is the imagery of the childlike part of us. And we might say, well, gosh, I'm, I'm much older than a child, sure. But but the childlike part of us that longs for containment, that longs for the other to move toward, it, it doesn't go away with age. We might mask it, we might hide it, we might dismiss it, we might ignore it. Uh, just like the child that is in that, place of distress that's that's what we are in moments we feel distress you were in distress yesterday in our conversation mm-hmm. and and there was a part of me that just said really like are we going to have this conversation again and so there's judgment do you hear the tone of judgment just like a parent might react to a child in the quote-unquote temper tantrum there's judgment what's wrong with you 
And and that that is what fuels contempt, actually, which we have talked about in other contexts. But when there is judgment toward big emotion, that's what fuels contempt, either toward myself or toward the other. And so I, I think part of it is being curious with one another and being curious with yourself. What helps me to contain well? What do I, what do I, we need to be able to move toward the other, even when we don't understand, when we don't get it? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I think what's helpful is the childlike imagery, like to, to resp- not that the other is child, but there's a childlike part of us that just longs for attunement in that way. That, oh yeah, I get it. I could see how that's hard for you. I could see how that's frustrating. Even when we don't agree, it's okay that we disagree with one another in moments of emotion. It doesn't mean validation isn't simply agreement. It's a, oh yeah, I can see how it's true for you. Mm-hmm. I, I can't, I can't express enough how powerful those words are. That that is what containment is. Oh yeah, I could see that was upsetting for you. Oh yeah, I could see that was frustrating for you. There, there, there is what soothes us, and there is what reminds us that we're not alone in this, which is actually what containment is. Mm-hmm. And I think a great. Um, way to practice that and even begin is to ask each other the question like what was it like in your family did you what did you experience did you feel like you had what you needed when you felt sad when you know and just begin that conversation so that you can have mutual understanding of where you're at kind of take an inventory of you know what are we working with here and how can we begin to um, have more conversations about what this actually looks like for us The Reconnect Marriage Podcast is hosted by the Reconnect Institute. For more information, you can find us on the web at thereconnectinstitute.com. You can also follow us on social media on Instagram at Reconnect Marriage.